Well, life on the farm is kind of laid back. Ain't much an old country boy like me can't hack. It's early to rise, early in the sack. Thank God I'm a country boy. Well, a simple kind of life never did me no harm. Raising me a family and working on the farm. My days are all filled with an easy country charm. Thank God I'm a country boy. Well, I got me a fine wife. I got me old fiddle. When the sun's coming up, I got cakes on the griddle. And life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. Thank God I'm a country boy. When the work's all done and the sun's setting low, pull out my fiddle and I rosin up the bow. The kids are sweet, so I keep it kind of low. Thank God I'm a country boy. I'd play Sally Gooden all day. Thank God I'm a country boy. That is oh, John Denver's best. John Denver's best. Well, welcome to my podcast. This is Joyful. I'm Ethan Edward Sherritt, and in a time of personal darkness, when my spirit needed lifting, my thoughts needed restoration, my life needed change. I went in search of inspiration in books and articles, strangers, friends, family, podcasts, and more. Anything. What I found was there's a rapidly increasing number of people who are discovering and sharing the positivity practices that are shifting us as individuals and therefore as a culture towards a new understanding of well-being, self-awareness, kindness, and creativity. And I'm excited about this because I am 100% certain that this aggregate shift will raise us to a higher vibration of thinking collectively where there is more knowledge, light, and love. And on a large scale, this will invalidate and dissolve the thoughts that divide us, and it will eradicate the distractions that prevent us from evolving beyond some of the many serious issues we face. More joy is on the way, and it's happening every single day. Now, the ideas that characterize this new era that I'm excited about for humanity include concepts of self-awareness and self-responsibility, messages of love and forgiveness from leaders such as Jesus Christ, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, and more. And maybe you, because I hear things from people on on the internet and on the um, Facebook group for Positive Heads Facebook group um, all the time. I just heard something yesterday that was just profound. When people open up their minds to it, you can contribute something amazing to the world in your in your words as well. Now, other concepts are studies of peace and spiritual well-being carried on from more ancient traditions, such as the Vedas, chakras, meditation, martial arts, Buddhism, and a new stronger embrace of the connectedness between all that lives as well as a transformed insight regarding the unexplainable yet undeniable energy that creates the entire universe in which we live, in which we momentarily exist, that is. And I've been profoundly invigorated to discover this new phase for us and for our planet, and I call it the Mindful Revolution. And I create this podcast out of a commitment to learn about share and advance this thrilling, inclusive, and positive movement so that more and more people can experience a joyful life. God bless. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Now let's get into it. That was the opening song. Thank God I'm a country boy. Bye.
the one and only John Denver. And the reason that was so relevant is because I'm right here in Colorado right now. I'm on the road trip that I had been planning for about four months to drop everything in Los Angeles, transform my life, find a new path, reconnect with nature, reconnect with my priorities, and leave uh, the city life and the hustling, bustling actor's life that I had kind of been building for myself for years in, in that old city of Hollywood. So now I'm out. I've been gone from LA for geez, over two weeks now. And let me just catch you up on that. So thank God I'm a country boy. I've spent a couple of days. The most exciting thing so far was, uh, well, man, it's hard to even choose what the most exciting thing has been, really. <laughs> let me start with the first one. Um, my hosts, a friend of mine, Wayne, from a long time ago, I, I reconnected with him recently in, in all of this and spent a lot of time with him, and he happens to live at Colorado. And he said, you know what? You're going to be coming through. Come here. Stay as long as you want. My whole family, he has four kids, an amazing, uh, amazing house, <laughs> just like a dream mountain house. Ridiculous. I was, I couldn't believe it. Um, but anyway, they, they left for a while and they said, Hey, Hey, Ethan, if you, you know, want, you could stay here when we're gone and take care of these animals. We're going to make you a little list and, and how to feed the chickens and and the donkeys and the horses and the barn cats and the, and everything and um, so I got to spend three days with that nothing else no of my old like uh, real estate apartment managing job like <laughs> the, the problem like there were things you had to do just the same but when you're taking care of like things that just need to be fed and cleaned and even shoveling crap. It was like that, that has to be done. And when you're doing it outside and in the elements and uh, whether it's, whether it was a, one of the mornings was cold, you know, that was fine too. Another morning was sunny and just beautiful. So I, I wake up, the, the roosters are crowing. You know, the roosters got up a little bit before me. Okay. But nobody else did. <laughs> and so I was able to, as the sun is coming up, some yoga and Tai Chi and some coffee and a little meditation. And then sure enough, get into that list and start taking care of the, of the chickens, removing the, the eggs from that coop. And there, I think there are about 20 chickens. The bear, the bear had got one a few days before. So there would have been a couple more, one or two more chickens. Um, and then after that, like feed the donkeys, the, the dogs, the barn cats, uh, water the horses, check, you know, uh, water the grass if it hadn't been raining and, and then do these and take care of these things throughout the day as well. And I got, I got a, so much exercise that way from carrying hay and, and buckets of water and feed and food to walking across uh, the, the big fields to, to get from the donkeys to the horses to, like I said, shoveling and raking. You're getting so much exercise doing these things and your mind is in like this place where just like this simplicity. It's, it's so fulfilling, the simplicity of it. And I know it's a luxury, but that's a valid pursuit. 
to um, to downsize and spend some time doing that. If you have like a life that you're just like, holy good Lord, I'm like on freaking pills to deep to de-stress and I come home and I get hammered every night. And uh, because it's just the only way I can like reset my brain for remove my brain from this crap. And, and your job is stressful or not stressful enough because you're not doing anything except <laughs> except you're getting paid and I don't know. There's some people have jobs where they don't really do a whole lot. Um, government jobs I know can be that way sometimes. You got these government jobs. You have to just make sure money is spent so that you get the same amount of money again next year. Um, it's totally opposite from private sector jobs like like the one I was in. When, when, you know, money is everything, it can be all freaking crazy stressful. So that's what I really want to share with you is what good exercise, like some of the people that, that do that type of thing every single day, um, my buddy's wife, she's the one who handles like all these things every day. And, and um, man, that's a fit family just because of how much needs to be done. And it's like, you don't have to go running and, and, you know, uh, and be in fitness classes and things like that. If you have, <laughs> you have a life where, you know, that much routine, like uh, strength exercises and like cardio just kind of happens. I mean, they do still work out a little bit, but you know, you don't really need to if you do that kind of thing. And so that's, that was the, one of the most exciting things that I, that I had been, that I had, I, I when I started this thing, I said, to my friends, my family, uh, coworkers, everybody, um, clients. I said, what I need is to be out in nature, whether it was going to be in Virginia, Florida, Colorado, uh, and, or in the desert someplace where I, I, re I really wanted to do something out there. This was like better than my wildest dreams. And that's interesting because I was just going for it. And that was one of the first times in my life that I was able to just strip everything down and say, you know what? I'm focused on just absolutely one thing. And it's downsizing, getting rid of stuff. And, and I want, I need in order to understand myself again and to understand what I want this universe to be for me, it's going to take that nature. Because that's what it's all about. This nature's got it put you here. It put us here. And so if you're disconnected from it, then you're just like kind of... You're reacting to a lot of things that are constructs in, in the world. And you can navigate them. And some people end up doing really well. Um, but some people just like me, I, I was just like, I, you know, I'm out. Um, I need nature. I need it bad. And this is from a guy. I'm not, I wasn't somebody who regularly took vacations. So hopefully, um, if you do have those regular like four day weekends every month or, you know, get away a few times a year because, because your job allows you to, to some awesome place, maybe that's a great decompression for you. But I think there are a lot of people out there like me who just are like, oh, you know what? I haven't traveled for two years or, I haven't had one of those those times without many responsibilities, uh, even for just a few days for a while. Damn, that can be a good reset. 
It was so good, you guys. I'm, <laughs> I told I told somebody this uh, the other day that in the new mindset that we're all going for and self-responsibility and kind of like the second agreement um, of the four agreements, being impeccable with your words and your thoughts, I was try- I, I found myself being surprised at how good that situation had worked out. I was like, whoa, I, this was what I, I, what I wanted and said, I'm achieving. And it struck me as a surprise. And then I had to tell myself, no, remember, this is what the universe has been telling you since you're, you were able to understand thoughts to me, really. And now is the first time I was actually following it. So the telling myself that not to be surprised is, is what I find myself doing now. Because it's what you believe. Like if you're surprised by it, that means you kind of don't believe it and you might not expect it again. So while I don't have expectations that must be met in order for me to be happy, in order for me to feel okay, I want to kind of reserve the space where I'm not too surprised when everything is awesome and I'm laughing and I'm happy and and I'm absolutely loving breathing in this reality. Um, that's That's something that like, I guess have a little bit of surprise, but no, that you believe this. You really do. You are creating the universe for yourself. And you're, man, imprinting the universe is a, leave your imprint on the universe. That's something, a quote that I read the other day that was really, really cool. Another little quote that I read was that the the phrase abracadabra, the magic, typical magic phrase, abracadabra, you know, something like hocus pocus. Well, that was taken from the roots of that word mean, I will, what I speak will occur. Abracadabra means that I will make occur what I have spoken. Um, so think about that in your life and don't speak things that you don't want to happen. Catch yourself. If you're like, um, talking so much about what you don't like, you're kind of making that happen and you're, you're steering yourself right towards that realm. If you don't like what's happening in politics and you just keep on talking about it, guess what? You steered your little boat right into that politics, uh, politics problem area and and your boat's going to be stuck there until you just stop paddling in that direction paddle away there's a lot this is a big ass universe there's a place for you without complaining about stuff and uh, approach it positively <laughs> approach it positively damn it because that whole intro that i did just now this was the first episode i tried that intro by the way so if if people if I get on the little app that says like a lot of people started this and then they bailed because the intro was too long, I'm not going to use that intro anymore. I'm going to go back to the drum and um, and a quick little intro like halfway through the show like I had actually accidentally been doing. So usually there's a like three components of this show, and one of them is when I fill you in on some details about what I've been doing. That's a, a type of journalism that I love, that I, I eat up from other people. 
and I'm sharing that with you. So you can follow along and see if you can apply anything to your own life. The second is a practice, like a method, a technique, a tool that I explore or that I'm going through and, and uh, taking seriously at the time. That's the second thing as I share with you. If you've heard any of the others, you know that it is a study of the chakras and, and balancing the chakras right now. And I'll get into that. And the third thing is something culturally and or questions that I've written down that I think are relevant. Uh, so I'll get into that. So I was catching you up on Colorado and now I'm here in another place. Um, this is better because now my son Jack is with me when I had been in that other place. Uh, he wasn't there. He was visiting Tennessee um, to spend some time with his mother. And now he's back with me. We made a drive down south in Colorado to a different part of the mountains. And it's really similar because it's way up here, high elevation, high altitude. Here it's a little more chill because there are zero animals and zero other people. So right now, and this is with my folks actually, and they spend time away from the place. So, you know, it's just me and Jack kind of enjoying this really quiet, like mountainside with a beautiful view and awesome weather and like storm systems that kind of come through every day that are just it's so enjoyable if you've been in California a long time or in Southern California a long time. And, and this is a couple days we've been here now and it, it continues just to be amazing to soak up the sun in the in the sunrise and uh and doing exercises out there in nature hmm. it's a pretty cheap vacation to do that I, I suggest it like not overwhelm if you're like planning your next vacation i my suggestion and to myself is not to like hit yourself up with this big checklist we got to see like the Wurschenstein castle and then we got to catch the metro to get into the Prague and then we got to check these things off our list and then we got to meet up with blah 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 people and then blah 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 that seems awesome and fulfilling but it seems like also kind of rush forward the whole time uh I what's <laughs> what's so good for me right now is to be like bored out of my skull <laughs> so that I can just enjoy swimming in this time and doing exercises and reading and things like that. And if you have a kid, it's, it's so much fun to spend time with them. Um, the, all right. You're probably bored with what I, how great my last week has been. Um, I'm going to hit you with one more thing about how unexpected things can start to happen. And a, a really good friend of mine has told me that this is her year of yes, and that year of yes. And knowing this person, every year <laughs> will probably be the year of yes, but it's always gonna seem like a new thing. Um, and I've been trying to live by that same uh, mindset that the year of yes. Yes, baby, do it, yes. Hey, you wanna do this? Yes, affirmative, yes, I'm into it. Yes, I'm down. One of those things has been like, just make everything happen. And um, I, I told you before I left Los Angeles that on the day that I quit my job, gave my keys back, my passport, you know, these things take weeks. It's like allow 
like 12 weeks to 18 weeks. It's a really vague time uh, frame. That, so you have no idea when to expect your passport when you need one. After you send away for it, that is. And I went, the day I turned my keys in, my passport's in the mailbox. And I was like, sweet, thank you, universe. That just is a nice little nod that, you know, to have fun in this thing because little cool things like that can happen. Well, like, I guess maybe two weeks after that, when I now find myself in Colorado, my buddy says, hey, quick, super easy, paid for, quick trip to Ireland possible for you. Are you interested in doing that? Year of yes, yes, of course I am. You have to, you know, you have to pay like $75 just for like taxes or something through this, how we were working it out. Um, and for me, I am a dude who has never been to Europe in my whole life. And I like always want, I want to go to every country. I told myself in the past year or so, you know, it's not in the cards for everybody. If I don't get there, I have to be okay with that. I can't just be like, I never got to Europe, damn it. So I was like, okay with it, but it's something I've been desperate to do just to set foot in a land across the ocean and, and a culture that's old, a culture that's different from ours and experience a little bit of that. So I got to just, when I got to Colorado, that came up, um, boom. And you'll see like on my Instagram or on my YouTube that I've been posting like little travel updates. Um, it's they're both at Ethan Sherritt official. You know, there's one of the days that I went to Ireland. So it's like one one day um, riding a horse in Colorado. The next day, uh, walking uh, cliffs of Ireland and then hitting all the beautiful pubs there. And we didn't do a whole lot. Um, you know, if I was there for a long time, I would have tried to make something happen by, like, with interviewing somebody for the podcast. Of course, of course, and I will if I want to go. If I get a chance to go back. But this was just, you know, chance to kind of like get, break the ice with the customs, uh, you know, entry and, and the passport usage for me and international travel, like Euro European entry. I got to do that. So my, my freaking world has been expanded since the, the thing that, the place of darkness that I, I wasn't looking, you know, I, I wasn't looking for these awesome things on the horizon. But I was trying to, I did say, I am going to survive. Who, who can I look to and, and what inspiration can I pull? And that's why I kind of started this and got so excited because people's messages did get through to me. It's gonna, you can, things can be awesome. You can open yourself up to opportunities and, and things that you didn't dream of will be possible for you. And it will happen. And you can change your world. Um, and that's what I, I hope. And that I know so many people are doing that now. You can call it whatever you want. That's one of the amazing things is um, the people who are into it, they will, if you start talking about it, they'll know what you're talking about. It's not a religion. It's a state of, of, uh, of mind, I guess, where you're open. And I call it a revolution of mindfulness because it kind of, starts with being aware of what you're doing and what you're thinking. And hopefully I'll get into an article that I read about that has this. Um, that kind of is the, the recap of how things are going in Colorado right now. There's so much more I can share about like the culture of Colorado 
and the people that I've talked to out here. I'd love to get into that. If you, maybe I'll make another episode that's just about that. But I just, I don't want to bore you to death with my my life on, and my thoughts on that. But boom, on to the second portion of the episode. The Chakras. Understanding Chakras. This book that I've been reading to guide me through my study of the chakras by Broderick S. Johnson. Um, A Beginner's Guide to Awakening the Seven Spiritual Chakra Energy Portals. And to catch you up, the first one, the root chakra, the muladhara, is grounding you with nature, making you feel secure. The second one, the... I can't remember what that one's called, the svidasthana, second chakra, slightly up higher from the root chakra. And that is your senses, your pleasure, being okay with your your physiology, your unique physiology, your sexuality, your enjoyment of this world that has you so securely in it. The third one, the solar plexus chakra. This energy portal in your spine, they're all energy portals in your spine. This one is where your center is for your own unique creativity. So you start to take the, the more you, not just you're a human, you're a man or woman, you're a sexual being, but now you are you, your situation. Are you comfortable with that? How do you explore and open up what you uniquely do? The fourth one, the heart chakra. Ah, that makes you feel so good because it brings you back to what of all the possibilities that you are opening up by being strong through your other chakras, which one will make you feel good? Like what guides what you should do? And that is the love chakra, the fourth chakra. Now the fifth is one I've just started yesterday, actually. That's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna get to today in our study of the chakras. And you might be thinking it's not that exciting. The throat chakra, the vishuddha, this is the base of the throat and the neck. The throat chakra. Now, as you might guess, it is dealing with the voice, but it's a little more subtle and a little more meaningful than just what does your voice sound like? Let's get into it. Now, it has physical aspects, emotional aspects, mental aspects, and then we have a description and a healing technique. Now, the physical aspects, since it's in the throat, the thyroid gland, as well as the parathyroid in the throat. This regulates growth and metabolism. This is related to the vishuddha. And so are the neck vertebrae, the vocal cords, mouth, teeth, and gums. Trouble with this fifth chakra often goes together with trouble in this area, such as a raspy throat, trouble with the glands in the throat, dental and gum issues, scoliosis, and laryngitis. Here, the emotions are looking for expression. This is the emotional aspect. It's about having your say, measuring your words, and singing like a bird. It is related to freedom of expression and the will to make your own decisions and carry them out. Boom. So it's not just voice. It's the voice is a representation of that you are making your decisions. So that's why it's so powerful, why it's so important. 
Now, the shadow side of this chakra is related to addictions. Besides the obvious ones like smoking, which can seriously clog up this area in drugs, it is also about being addicted to mental and emotional habits. Are you addicted to the attention of others? Are you stuck on the bad habit of shooting your good ideas and best intentions down? These are throat chakra problems. A healthy emotional balance comes from the heart and is transformed in the higher chakras into words, actions, and decisions that have a positive influence on yourself and others. I'm sure some yogi will tell me I'm not saying that right. Vishduda. Vishduda is about thinking that your thoughts are true and verified through your own often difficult experience. Instead of living in ignorance and concerning yourself with only idle chatter. Did you follow that? I was trying to speak it in what, you know, dialect this was probably created in 3,000 years ago. Um, thinking thoughts that are true and verified through your own experience. So maybe the difficulties that you get through are the only thing that make you, and in, in speaking your will through those, is the only thing that makes this chakra, makes you really know that it is healthy and it is unclogged, unclogged unblocked. It's not just about being a great orator who can sway the opinions of others. It's about the self-speak habits that you've cultivated. So it's about talking to yourself and the way you use your willpower to direct your inner life. A healthy fifth chakra means that you're a listener as well as a speaker. You don't feel the need to blurt out every thought in your head, but rather you consider and weigh your words and speak those that can have a positive effect on others. This is, again, it feels so good, and it's good for you and good for others. The lower chakra, this is the, more of the description, the lower chakra, chakras are more about instinct, while the three higher chakras are more about thought, wisdom, and insight. As human beings, we need all these parts to work in harmony. Our base instincts have pushed us a long way in past ages. So far, we have developed our culture and our minds up to a point but now we need to learn to apply that knowledge with wisdom and love. So this is really about, we are all powerful now. We are strong. We have ability in this world. Almost like the, now you have the power. With great power comes great responsibility. And this kind of makes, uh, hopefully that's for my comic book fans out there. You know who you are. And I love you. With great power comes great responsibility. And, or maybe Einstein said that when he developed like the, the atomic, you know, atom splitting thing that allowed for the, the um, atomic bomb, who knows. Um, but it, it does have, uh, it does have that, that kind of weight to it. Now the fifth chakra is the seat of willpower and of our breath. When our chakra system is balanced, the life force flows upward and downward through these centers naturally and clearly. Our vitality and drive are transformed into more subtle energies as we ascend the ladder. You can see that the higher you go, the more you're enlightened. Or you can be enlightened, that is. At the heart center, we experience love. And this love must be expressed by choice. We can choose to continue in ignorance, caring only for small-minded and selfish things. Or we can choose to evolve beyond that and use our personal will for enlightenment and benefit.
Now here goes, this is really cool to think of it this way. It really goes to that second agreement. Your thoughts are words, abracadabra. You can make what you speak true. So understand what you're going to speak. Balancing and healing technique. Visualize blue energy. Ah, the color is blue, like the sky, like the ocean in some places, like a bluebird, like a blueberry, <laughs> like a like anything that's, that's blue. Flower, there's blue flowers. There's blue crayons and, and so forth. Visualize blue energy circulating and unfolding at the base of the neck. Flowing down your torso and arms and up into the head. The following questions can guide you. Now, stretch. As I always say, that, and this book says early on, when you're studying this, this is one of those things that like some people do this with the Bible. My, my dad, my old man, he cracks out his Bible and he doesn't do stretching or anything, but you know, it's a sacred time for him to open up that old King James and and uh, sit with it in the morning and read about, you know, the walls of Jericho tumbling down or, or what have you, and that makes him feel good. This book suggests that before you go into these, like, studies of each one, get yourself mentally ready to be open and try to, like, just soak into it by doing um, some yoga or some stretching or sitting in stillness for a while and practicing whatever breathing <clears throat> is going to make you just say, all right, I'm having a good good experience turning this page and, and just looking into this chapter and what I can learn about this chakra. So that's what this book suggests, and I sure do also. The following questions can guide you now. Now that you're ready, think about this. Do I have a choice? The answer to that question, it seems to be, to me, 100% of the time to be yes. And if you don't believe that to be true, no, no, I don't have a choice in this case. Then work on it. In my life, the reason I had to, I, when I decided, hey, I want to leave Hollywood, now or tomorrow or today i thought i don't have a choice that's what was so frustrating about it it was crushing i don't have a choice there's a lot of things i have to do but that was a way now looking back on it i guess i wasn't really telling myself i didn't have a choice i was just saying my choice to leave has a time res restriction on it and it has some obstacles that i must overcome when I make that choice. And so I guess I did have a choice, but I just had to overcome those things that came with it. Okay, so that was the first question. Do I have a choice? And I say, yes, you do. And if not, um, it's probably because something you just have to reconfigure re in your mind to say, yes, you do, however, and but. So do it. And now the second question is, how do I exert my personal will? That's something always good to say to, to, to yourself. What's going to convince you that your will is, is not only legit and thoughtful, mindful, but how are you doing it? Uh, what addictions are wasting my energy? You know what? 
addictions that are wasting my energy. Like it said, some of these are not just like um, chemicals, uh, alcohol, smoking, drugs. Some of them are mental habits and so forth. With me, when am I going to stop smoking these cigars? Those ones that I've been using for, uh, for quite a while now. I guess it started when I would be rehearsing something. I want a break from the stress. It's always coolest to hang out with the um, with people and, and chat over a smoke. Just kind of opens people up for conversation. You know, instead of being in, in with your phone by yourself or something, you go outside and you, you enjoy like one of these little cigars. I, I smoke these clove cigars. And my habit is not like a pack a day guy, but it's definitely just like that as far as like regularity. It's almost every single day I smoke one. And when times got stressful, of course, more than one, five, six. Um, one of the cool things about being on this road here is that days will go by and I haven't. And that's that's good. So everybody's got some kind of little thing. That's one of mine. And, and I have some that are emotional too. I try to catch myself um, or like little habits, like spending too much time on my phone scrolling through crap and I mean, it's not crap it's like real people's lives sometimes when you're spinning through social media and reading things and i will tell myself one two three and then just close it one two i'll be like all right i've been doing this for five minutes i didn't designate five minutes to do this those things add up one two three and then i just close it um another one for me is football i've talked about this before how much football am i going to watch now with my increased uh in, increased desire to be mindful about my time like i still gonna love football that much i was just telling my stepmother this the other day who knows we'll see what happens to me it's if it makes you feel good there's some degree of it's it's okay as long as you're not throwing your life away to it is what i've been told by a lot of people a lady on a plane told, plane told me that she was like hey if it makes you feel good and you kick it with your brothers and your and your friends that way for a little bit do it so hey thank you um kate from the airplane the other day uh the last question is how often do the things i say help or hurt others i'd love to do more of this um the people there's help like to if you say things that help others it helps others that you're positive and that you're speaking the, like the great things about your life rather than the opposite. And I know people that do that. They seriously, like you ask them about their friend or you ask them about their job and they're like, it is so awesome. It, think about this. This this person is so good. There, She is like magic. She is like the, the most friendly person. She's such a good natured person. Um, that's how they describe their friends or their job. And they go on and on about it. You know, and if you're going on about something that's that's great like that, that can really help people and it can help yourself because all of a sudden you're surrounded by like awesome stuff rather than like, I think in my family, I have like this, um, you know, Midwestern Catholic roots uh, that we, we kind of just like temper things. We kind of temper things. And some people don't even do that. Some people just go straight to the bitching. 
complaining. We we're like, yeah, this is good. You know, it's just a little too expensive or whatever. So I'm, I've been trying to really eliminate that um, and not hurt myself or others with, with the uh, negative things I throw in there. Now, being a realist, of course, uh, but you can sure sh focus on that light. So let's do that with our, our chakra, our fifth chakra, and our words to ourselves and to others. Um, then that's pretty much the end. It says many people have a constant knot of tension in the neck area. Rolling the shoulders and rotating the neck gently can help to loosen up the tension and encourage the natural flow of energy to restore balance in this chakra. You don't have to force it. Simply let your attention rest on this chakra and the energy will naturally pool there, opening, unfolding, and balancing the chakra. Remember, health is our natural state. Our bodies want to heal. And our life energy wants to flow naturally. You just have to let go and allow it to happen all by itself. Awesome. Now here's the, the little details about it, like the color and the musical note and the frequency and the vowel. The color of this one, as we said before, was blue. Blue, interesting. The, the key musical note is a G. I wish I knew what that was so I could like kind of sing it or something. Uh, I'm trying to, my friend Jeff, I just texted him like a couple days ago and said, Jeff, can you get all these frequencies and notes together for me and just like make this, make sense of this, the chakra uh, musical and frequency aspect for me? Um, there are things on YouTube that you can say fifth chakra balancing and it'll play that frequency and that note in variations with um, Tibetan singing bowls. And they, I've been using those in the morning and when I focus on each chakra. So get on YouTube and put in fifth chakra uh, music or something like that. And it'll play each of those chakras, whichever one you care to have, just have as you're washing dishes or something or stretching in the morning. Check that out. They're pretty cool. So the, it's a G. The frequency is 340, 384 hertz. The vowel is I. I. So the first chakra, uh... The second, ooh. The third, oh. The fourth, love chakra, heart chakra, ah. The fifth, I, I. Does that make sense how it's like your own personal will and choice? Now he writes it like eyeball, E-Y-E, I, I. Maybe that's just so you don't say it any other way, but I. And look up to the sky, blue sky. I, blue, my thoughts, I think, I speak. That's it. That's the meditation and study upon that fifth chakra. So let's use our words, think about our habits, our choices, and our will. And it's really cool that as you study these, your will is not emphasized until your your kind of personality starts to get developed and balanced a little better through the lower chakras and of course that heart chakra. Okay, we don't have much more time, but I do like to to spend um, a little bit of time with a news article that I read to, and I want to share. And this one is is from June twenty sixth. 
from the observer and it's called the neuroscience of mindfulness what happens to your brain when you meditate this was written by um christina zaplatal her name is k-r-i-s-t-y-n-a uh that is and her last name is z-a-p-l-e-t-a-l june 26th um so what we what happens when we get into this is we realize that she takes it into the scientific realm that I, I wish more people would uh or that some people need to exist in that some people can only be reached in it's too new agey and hippie and weirdo to be like yo look you're meditating and chanting i feel excluded by that but if you hit me with like what is actually occurring in my brain according to this harvard study in this university of british columbia study when they had a sample group of people who weren't meditating and then when they started and what happened in their brain. Well, that's what this article gets into. Um, it, one of the cool things was that this professor at Harvard has a yoga teacher because she takes yoga. She, for some reason, finds it good for her. And that's a meditation exercise. Um, well, her name is Sarah Lazar. And she's a neuroscientist at Harvard Medical School. And she uses MRIs to look at fine, detailed brain structures and see what's happening to the brain while a person is performing a certain task. And she's now doing it with a study including yoga and meditation. Um, and she says she used to be skeptical about the lofty claims her yoga teacher had made about the emotional benefits of meditations she should have expected to experience. When after attending several classes, she indeed felt calmer happier, more compassionate, she decided to refocus her research on the changes in the brain's physical structure as a result of meditation practice. Awesome. Can meditation genuinely change your brain structure? And she found the data proved, among others, that meditation may slow down or prevent age-related thinning of the frontal cortex that otherwise contributes to the formation of memories. The common knowledge says when people get older, they tend to forget stuff. <laughs> Lazar found her team, uh, and her team found that of the 40 to 50 year old meditators, they had the same amount of gray matter in their cortex as 20 to 30 year old ones. So 50, you know, thinking still like a 20 or 30 year old as far as sharpness, awareness, and memory. She had a second study and she engaged people who had never meditated before, but put them through a mindfulness-based stress reduction program. Uh, and you'll hear that more, MBSR. And some people say that's Buddhism without Buddha. <laughs> it's just the, the physical aspects or physiological aspects of Zen practices. Where they took a weekly class and were told to perform mindfulness, <clears throat> yoga, sitting and meditation every day for 34 minutes. Now she wanted to test um, for positive effects of mindfulness meditation on their uh, psychological well-being and alleviating of disorders such as anxiety, depression, eating disorder, insomnia, and chronic pain. So after eight weeks, she found that the brain volume had increased in four regions. The most relevant were the hippocampus, seahorse-shaped structure responsible for learning, storage of memories, spatial orientation, and regulation of emotions. Freaking brain matter volume increased. The temporal parietal junction, the area where temporal and parietal lobes meet and which is responsible for empathy and compassion. 
On the other hand, the one area whose brain volume decreased was this, the amygdala, amygdala, an almond-shaped structure responsible for triggering the fight-or-flight uh, response uh, as a reaction to a threat. Here, the decrease in gray matter correlated with changes in the levels of stress. The smaller their amygdala became, the less stress people felt. So it increased the good ones, and it decreased this stressor uh, area of the brain. So even though their external environment remains the same, it proved that the change in amygdala reflected the change in people's reactions to their environment, not in the environment itself. Wow. Your reaction can be controlled regardless of your environment. That's basically what it's getting at. Um, what is the main driver of change in our brain? So this is something that's cool. So our brain develops and adapts throughout our whole lives. This phenomenon is called neuroplasticity, which means that gray matter can thicken or shrink. Connections between neurons can be improved. New ones can even be created and old ones degraded or even terminated. So, and this is a ha like a habit thing. Now, this is cool. I love it just when norms and things that used to be considered true or considered accepted are just broken through with a study and then, and then chatter about it. For a long time, it was believed that once your child brain was fully developed, the only thing you could anticipate for the future was a gradual decline. <laughs> That's, that was bleak. Well, sharp, sharp kid, he's 26 years old. You know, and it's only now your brain is just going to start going down or whatever from there on out. Now we know that everyday behaviors literally change our brains. And it seems that the same mechanism, mechanisms which allow our brains to learn new languages or sports can help us learn how to be happy. There's another neuroscientist. Her name is Lara Boyd from the University of British Columbia. She points out the human brain changes in three ways to support learning of new things. Now there's chemical, which is transfer of chemical signals between neurons, short-term improvement like memory or a motor skill. There's structural changes in connections between neurons, which are linked to long-term improvement. That means the brain regions that are important for specific behaviors may change their structure or enlarge. These changes need more time to take place, which underlines the importance of a dedicated practice. And third is functional, increased excitability of a brain region in a relation to a certain behavior. Starting to make it damn sound like your biceps or your quads or your calves or your glutes or any of those muscles, right? Um, in essence, the more you use a particular brain region, the easier it is to trigger its use again. Repeat those behaviors that are healthy for your brain and build the brain you want. That's what Laura Boyd says. So is happiness a gift or a developed skill? If we embrace the idea that our well-being is a skill that can be cultivated, then it is obvious that meditation is simply a form of exercise tailored for our brain. Just like freaking CrossFit, you guys. Except for our brain. While there's not enough scientific data available to measure the benefits of a 5-minute versus a 30-minute mindfulness session, the way in which our brain changes over time suggests that we can actively foster lasting results with regular practice. That's so cool. I, there, it, it goes on and on. Um, sustained positive emotion. So the studies show that they remain happier longer when when they get happy, like based on a study seeing a pleasant picture or something. And the study says that the recovery from negative emotion 
is you're more resilient. So for painful stimuli, uh, in the study, experienced meditators reported the same pain intensity as individuals with mind, little mindfulness experience, but less unpleasantness about that pain and more or less time to feel better about it afterwards. So that's a pretty damn good thing. And don't and don't be uh, negative about it and say, oh, that, that means you're not like feeling it or enjoying life. No, you are. You're feeling it. You're feeling it still. But you're not dwelling on it like a, an angsty teenager that I was <laughs> for 30 years, jotting down uh, angst-filled poetry and stuff like that. Um, man, that, that's training your brain in the wrong direction. I don't even read poetry that much anymore. I used to read the hell out of it. I want an episode on poetry later. Uh, Pro-social behavior and generosity. Behavior that increases social bonds, improves the quality of social relationships, increases well-being. So research says that compassion can be cultivated with mental training and mindfulness. This is just a summary that's awesome. Mindfulness defined as paying attention to the present moment without judgment makes people happier. A study where a smartphone app was used to monitor people's thoughts, feelings, and actions showed that their minds were wandering approximately half the time. And while doing so, they reported significantly more unhappiness. So, well-being has been found to be elevated when individuals are better able to sustain positive emotion, recover more quickly from negative experiences, engage in empathic and altruistic acts, and express high levels of mindfulness. That was a guy named Richard J. Davidson, Ph.D., and Brianna S. Shiler, Ph.D. So this is cool. I'll end it right here. We tend to blame our brain blame our brain a great deal for inability to remember. My stupid brain, I've said that before, making us for making us feel bad or for being slow, as if it was a capricious ruler from whom the rest of our body needs to follow, no matter what. We refuse to assume responsibility for our brain's health and our mind's happiness. If we did, we could experience this phenomenal organ becoming our loyal friend rather than an eternal enemy. So this just shows you meditation can relax you, regulate your emotions in the short term, but it can also change your brain permanently if you approach it as a form of mental exercise. That's that article, folks, and it's called The Neuroscience of Mindfulness, What Happens to Your Brain? When You Meditate by Christina Zaplatal, June 26, 2017. Um, there, it, there's more. I didn't even really touch on it. It's quite, quite a good read. And I should post that on the Facebook page or Facebook uh, group when I, when I start one of those, when I have time to do that. Um, so that's going to be about it for this amazing other episode that I have I'm lucky enough to be able to share with you. Every time somebody sends something to me, and this is mostly my friend Brian, who I know is listening. I don't know about anybody else who might be listening, but thank you, Brian. I love you, man, and I wish I could go through Austin. I'm not sure if it's going to be able to happen. I was just looking at a map this morning about it and talking about that. Um, but, dude, you know, our paths will cross again over the phone and in person at some point, some awesome time. So I will leave you, Brian, and anybody else who might be listening with this song. Well, life on the farm is kind of laid back. Ain't much an old country boy like me can't hack. It's early to rise, early in the sack. 
Thank God I'm a country boy Well, a simple kind of life never did me no harm Raising me a family and working on the farm My days are all filled with an easy country charm Thank God I'm a country boy Well, I got me a fine wife I got me old fiddle When the sun's coming up I got cakes on the griddle And life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle Thank God I'm a country boy When the work's all done and the sun's set low Pull out my fiddle and I rosin up the bow The kids are asleep so I keep a kind of low Fiddle when the sun's coming up, I got cakes on the riddle. Life ain't nothing but a fun, fun riddle. 